Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. We are just two games into the 2018 season, Cody, and the Georgia Southern Eagles are, have already matched their win total of all of 2017 after a, a, a big 34-13 to win against UMass. It was a, an impressive win and kind of a methodical win. What did you think? A very impressive win on both sides of the ball. We were strong on offense, obviously, but even more impressive in my mind was our defense throughout the game. Yeah, now uh, the Eagles take that 2-0 and record um, into Death Valley in uh, Clemson, South Carolina for what is sure to be uh, easily their toughest test of the entire year. Definitely they're going to be their toughest test. Um, number two, Clemson, possibly uh, national champion this year, If definitely a playoff contender. So this will definitely be the, the toughest test, definitely with that front four that they got. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk all about that and recap uh, that UMass game and, uh, and and talk about what, what it will take to kind of go into Death Valley and, and give Clemson um, all we have and, and uh, possibly you know stage what would easily be the biggest upset in uh, Georgia Southern football history. Um, so all that and more, uh, that's Cody. I'm Matt. Welcome to Gotta Talk. We appreciate you uh, for listening as always. And uh, be sure to spread the word. And even if uh, we don't pronounce things the correct way all the time, we, uh, you know, we're we're trying, and we appreciate you uh, listening and and giving us your support. Definitely, definitely appreciate all the support that we got, and all the listeners just keep on sharing and listening. Any type of um, improvements or thoughts that you want to share with us, definitely reach out and um, share it on Facebook, Twitter. Um, definitely the two easiest ways to get in touch with us. And, and shout out to Duquesne too. Uh, Duquesne won won their last football game, and they also uh, they they won two straight actually after losing that game to UMass. So shout out to the Duquesne Dukes. All right, Cody. So let's talk about that UMass game, thirty four to thirteen. Georgia Southern looked to be in control for. Uh, most of the game, you know, this was a team that really took it to us last year up in Amherst, Massachusetts, uh, 55 to 20, that final. Um, so, uh, you know, the Eagles were looking for revenge and they got it on Saturday. Definitely. They definitely got the revenge that they were hoping for um, from last year's uh, beating that they gave to us up in Massachusetts. Overall, great game. The offense seemed to really, I guess you can say they opened up the playbook this week. Um, with a lot of different varieties and formations and emotions, and then definitely the addition of the of the passing game in this week's uh, game was was a definitely a, a breath of fresh air. Um, only nine passes, but those six completions that Wirtz had were definitely big completions when he made them. So, I, I think the way that the best and Lunsford have our offense going forward is uh, is going to be very exciting to see what happens the rest of this year. Yeah, and it was a big night for Shy Wirtz. He accounted for 237 of Georgia Southern's 488 total yards. He was six of nine, uh, passing like you said for 154 yards and two touchdowns, and also ran for another 83 yards on 14 carries for a touchdown. Um, so three total touchdowns for him. Um, probably one of the most uh, complete games that I've seen um, from quarterback Shy Wirtz. Definitely, you can't. I, they didn't really seem much to 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 look at and criticize in his game this past week. You could probably say he may have missed a pitch there, may have missed a pitch here. But overall, just an excellent game. Those things will be worked out as far as the pitches go. But like I said, I, I don't think he really made any mistakes at all. And even the 
the passes that he didn't complete, I think two of them were drops that were there to be had. So excellent game overall. And if he keeps this up and only improves, uh, I think the sky's the limit for our team. And getting back to running the football too, not just with Wirtz, but we had 334 uh, rushing yards on the game. Fields had a huge game, 21 carries for 141 yards. Uh, Garrett also a big game, uh, 90 yards and a touchdown. And we finally got that inside dive play working. Um, you know, that, that inside run wasn't working against South Carolina State. And I know you and I were a little nervous about that. And, and we were wondering how the offensive line would hold up um, and, and create space up the middle. It looked like they did that against UMass. They definitely did. They came out and really wanted to, I think they really wanted to show something. And they did. The inside dive game, I think, really set the tone and really kind of wore down that defense throughout the game. And I mean, the I was kind of surprised by field stats at the end of the game when I was able to get out of the stadium and, and look him up and see that he had 141 yards. Because from my perspective, it didn't I guess it didn't seem like he had that many yards. Um, maybe at home watching it on ESPN Plus may have, but it when I got home and looked at that, I was like, wow, he had a huge game, and uh, it just. That was a breath of fresh air because when you have that going and that's dominating the way that it was, everything else is, is going to be a piece of cake and it really just kind of opens up uh, the rest of the field to go outside, throw the ball downfield, and you really kind of saw that um, in this game. UMass really didn't have an answer really for anything that we threw at them. You know, the results speak for themselves with a with a 21-point victory. Yeah, with Fields, uh, you know, he, he had uh, big chunks. I mean, you know, there, there was some times where he would only get – uh, two or three yards, but then uh, I believe he had a, a 54-yard run, ha- had some big runs there, um, you know, to, to close out the, the second half and then, or to close out the first half, rather, and then uh, there in the second half as well. So let's move on and talk about uh, penalties. Uh, you know, this was something that we talked about uh, last week. We actually were one of the best teams in the nation, I think, uh, led the nation in the fewest amount of penalties um, last week in, in, in our week one matchup against South Carolina State. Um, only three penalties in this game, so continuing to be uh, extremely uh, disciplined. And and that's something that, um, as we've talked about, has not been the case the last two years. And uh, so that's that's probably been the biggest turnaround that, that I've seen um, with this team is just how disciplined they are. And you can even argue uh, for those three penalties for 35 yards, um, only five yards of that uh, was probably even legitimate because uh, that, that was an offsides um, call on uh, Aaron uh, Dowdell offensive lineman um, the other two uh, you know questionable targeting penalty in the third quarter um, that uh, kicked out uh, Rashad uh, Bird and then you had an unsportsmanlike uh, penalty on the bench and the defense uh, when they were celebrating at the end of the game so you, you can't really fault that so that's 30 of those 35 yards um, so really only one penalty for for five yards Cody yeah that's that's definitely a turnaround from the last two seasons if we keep this up that, that'd be fantastic. You could definitely see that the team overall is buying into Lunsford's theory or his his mantra of Eagles don't beat Eagles. So if we keep this up, two or three penalties a game, I think most of the, if not all of the fan base will definitely appreciate it. I know that there were some questions about that targeting call. To me, I know that's a tough call to, to accept, but to me it looked valid. It seemed like he led with the crown of his helmet, and I think this year the rules kind of changed to where it doesn't matter where you hit the individual. If you lead with the crown, it's a targeting call. It's it's a tough call to swallow because it looked like to be a really good hit, a really solid hit, but if that's what the rule book says, that's what the rule book says, and you know we'll just have to hopefully, you know it won't affect us too much in this coming up week against Clemson, 
with him bailing out in the uh, first half of that game. Now, how, how do you think, uh, not just our team, but you know, all of uh, college football, the defenses around the country, are, are kind of adapting you know, to this call? We're seeing it at the NFL level as well. Um, it's, it's definitely going to kind of change the game of, of how guys tackle. So, I mean, what, what's kind of your thoughts on that? I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's out of your control. You just have to adapt to what the NCAA puts forth as far as the rule changes go and then have your defensive coaches – um, teach them how to how to tackle and to to avoid that call, and I think you see that especially with this coaching staff. Um, that was the first one this season, and again it was a questionable one, which a lot of people didn't particularly like, and I understand that. Last year, though, when you look at the, the teams that last we had the last two seasons, it seemed like we had a targeting call just about every game. It didn't seem like the coaching staff last year, or the year before, didn't really seem to either be, you know, trying to teach or to to not tackle in such a way in which that would lead to that call and that ejection um, in the game. To, and it really hurt us on defense a lot of the time. So, you know, I think regardless, you know, whatever the rules are, the coach is going to have to adapt to it. And I see that this coaching staff definitely has. Yeah, moving on to the uh, turnover battle. That, that that was the other piece of the puzzle where, uh, you know, we wanted to limit penalties and, uh, and and win the turnover battle. And we were able to do that, again, uh, with plus one in the turnover margin for this game. Um, I believe we're uh, plus uh, three now on the season. We, you know, exchanged fumbles there in the second half, but got the interception late to kind of seal the game. So just kind of talk about, um, you know, turnovers in this game and, and how that continues to be a, a bright spot. Yeah, it's definitely great whenever you're plus anything in the turnover battle. So for us to be plus one and plus two in the first game, that's fantastic. Um, the only, I guess I can say, downside is that our turnover in this game, to me, seemed to be really frustrating. Um, we seemed to be really, at that point in the game, close to really uh, sealing the deal there and really um, about to close the door and, and, and put this game out of reach and and be done with it. Um, that fumble that high snap was particularly frustrating just simply that we were so close to really putting this game out of reach and on top of that it came out of I believe a timeout or a penalty um anyways it, it really shouldn't have happened regardless I believe that they'll you know they'll definitely go back work on it make sure that that doesn't happen hopefully we don't see that happen again the rest of the season outside of that game to me seemed to be played really really well on both sides of the ball yeah and finally let's talk about the defense um you know I, I, the offense looked great uh with mixing it up with the play calling like you said mixing in the passing uh you know huge day for shy words um, but the defense really shined in this game and and that was something that you know we weren't really sure um you know how they were going to be we knew they had potential to be really good this year um but you know didn't get to see too much of that against uh, south carolina state obviously um you know nearly shut them out almost uh, arguably should have shut them out giving up only six points on you know a questionable call there but with uh th th they were a running team you know south carolina state likes to run the football and we knew uh, you know, we were stacking the box. We knew they weren't going to kind of test us. UMass slings the ball around, and we were able, uh, it seemed, to really contain them. They, they only had 216 yards uh, through the air and um, 107 on the ground. And everything that was through the air just kind of seemed to be kind of dinking and dunking, Cody, where uh, throwing kind of everything underneath. And it, it, the the times that they did kind of try to test our secondary, um, it didn't go well. We, had, we uh, swatted down some balls and uh, they they never really tested us again so I mean I, I think that's a huge testament to how uh, good our secondary is and how good our our defense is 
Definitely. And I also think it's a good testament to how well this coaching staff is um, for in one year to completely improve the defense as much as they have. Um, going back to last year, it seemed, you know, almost every play was a deep ball that was going for a touchdown for them, especially in that first half. So for them to only try it two or three times and one, for it to not be successful and two, for them to not even want to try it again is fantastic. I think you can definitely tell that the game plan for Sloan and his defense was to keep everything in front of them. And then once when they do catch the dink pass, four or five yard pass that we were giving them to immediately wrap up and tackle and not let them get yards after the catch. And for the most part that happened. Now I know that Isabella um, kid for UMass, um, he seemed to have a, a pretty decent game. That's the number one receiver. He's pretty good. So he didn't get out of control. Um, we kind of gave him his yards and then that was it. Uh, the rest of the team, I mean, we pretty much kind of shut them down. And overall, it, it was a fantastic performance. Um, kind of maybe frustrating at times for the average fan, looking there and seeing they're getting completions, 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 kind of um, almost at will at times. But I think in the overall scheme and the overall way of the, the game plan, you can definitely tell it was to keep everything in front, once when they catch, tackle, and make them really earn their way down the field. Do not give them the big, long, deep pass that uh, is the home run hitter, game changer, momentum swinger that really kind of thrives their offense and thrives their team. So we didn't give them that. We kind of controlled the game on that aspect of it on defense, and then we let our offense take over. And it was just it was just a real well-rounded game that was that was played uh, really really great on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and, and talking about uh, Isabella, you know that that definitely is their playmaker. But he only had you know nine catches for ninety five yards, so it held him under a hundred yards. Um, and and again, just kind of kept him contained. I mean, it seemed like every time they did uh, you know make uh, catches in space, we had a guy there, um, and we were able to wrap up and, and bring him down, which is something that. Uh, wasn't the case, uh, you know, the last two years. We, we had some issues tackling. I think tackling improved tremendously, um, you know, in, in the last two games. And then uh, we kind of bend, don't break defense and, and, and kept them out of the end zone. Um, UMass didn't have one passing touchdown in this game, Cody. Uh, their, their only touchdown in the game came on the ground. So I, I think, again, this 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 is a UMass team that likes to sling the ball around and they, they score in bunches. They score quickly. Um, they score on big strikes, strikes that, uh, frankly, teams that – aren't as good at it uh, did like crazy on us the last two years, especially last year. Um, so I, I just think that's that's a huge uh, a plus that our defense came out and, and really shut down this high-powered offense and, and, and took them off their game. But also, I mean, late in the game, they were uh, – you know, had, had a chance to go for it on fourth down. They probably should have went for it on fourth down. They punted. They elected to punt. Um, another time they uh, was uh, fourth and long, I believe, and, and they tried to draw play. Um, they tried that twice, and it didn't work. I mean, it seemed like they were almost kind of scared to really test our secondary. Yeah, that, that they definitely seemed scared at times to, to really – go after our, our secondary with their uh, deep threat. And, again, that's just a testament to the players and to the coaching staff as to how well they had them prepared. And, I mean, like you said, I mean, really anything above 10 yards, it was shut down, um, didn't happen. I think any type of reception, it seemed to me like that they got over 10 yards was a, um, was due to yards after the catch. So, again, the secondary did a fantastic job. Um, the line play that we had seemed to be – decent we probably didn't you know we didn't I don't know if we had a sack in the game or not but they did their job um they didn't create any penalties 
they didn't hurt us. Um, and they tried to rush and hurry the the quarterback as, as best they could, but definitely give it up to the linebackers in secondary. They played a fantastic game and really kind of just held that offense in check. And then when they did try to run the ball, that defensive line was there and, and stopped them. I think they only had what, in between 100 to 120 yards rushing the ball. Um, they couldn't even really get that going since their passing game was, was pretty much uh, not going anywhere. So, again, all around, I couldn't be more impressed with this defense. I think, if anything, it gives them confidence going forward because this is not going to be the only high-powered air attack offense that we go against this season. Um, you think of, you know, Arkansas State. We have uh, Louisiana Monroe that come or that we go there this year to play them. Um, so I think this would be a big confidence builder for that defense, knowing that they can um, they can they can shut these teams down. So the final point I wanted to bring up, uh, talking about the UMass game, was uh, you know taking risk. You know we weren't sure how this. Uh offense was going to look you know I know we talked about the whole 30 percent thing and and you know how much we should really uh you know buy into that of 30 percent of the playbook being installed um, on the ESPN plus broadcast uh they said that it's now up to 40 percent so they're, they're getting that information from somewhere I'm not sure where um and, and I don't know how much of that is true but um you know if, if we only had 40 percent of the um offense installed the playbook installed um, it, it looked pretty good, Cody. And uh, you know, early in the early in the game on on the first drive, we actually went for it on fourth down um, twice. That was something uh, we did against South Carolina State as well, uh, going for it on fourth down. Um, so it, Lunsford's definitely not scared uh, to take risks there. And you know, we we uh, convert the first fourth down and then uh, get it inside the five and, and decide to go for it instead of electing for the field goal. Um, don't get it. Uh, turn the ball over. Obviously, um, it did didn't come back to bite us uh, one by uh, you know uh, three scores but um, just kind of talk about the ability of this coaching staff to take risk and and, and what that kind of means um, you know moving forward that that uh, we're, we're not kind of scared to um, to take those risks well it shows that they are, are coaching and playing to win and not playing to lose I know that's kind of cliche but it kind of shows up in the mindset of, of look we're it's fourth and two we're down here at our ten or your ten, and you know we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be scared. We think our offensive line is better than your defensive line, and we're gonna pound it down your throat, and we expect to win it. That's the mindset, and I compl- I mean I agree with it. I didn't I didn't think that it was the wrong move um, at all. So we didn't convert. Defense held. It worked out in our favor. We ended up winning, like you said, by by three scores. So I think it's it's refreshing, you know, that if it's fourth and short, our coaching staff. Our offensive coordinator, our head coach, they have the confidence that our offensive line can get a yard or two. And when you're playing with this style of offense, you have to have that confidence. If you don't, then we're not going to be very good. But I think we can see after two games, you know, there's a reason why they have that confidence. The offensive line play was a lot better than um, in week one, it seemed to be. And you know, that will only improve as the year goes on. So as we uh, look forward, I think you can continue to see these risks being taken. And I think this is uh, this is going to be a good thing as far as, you know, these teams that we go up against, especially in, in our conference, are going to have to uh, prepare for that and realize that, hey, just because you stop them on third down doesn't mean that you get off the field and we're bringing out the punt team or the field goal team. We're going to, we're probably going to line it up and, and come after you and we're going to put you on that field a little bit more and we're going to tire you out and uh, we're going to wear you down and we're going to beat you. Yeah, someone on Twitter, uh, when I 
was t- uh, tweeting about uh, you know taking the risks. Uh, someone summed it up perfectly, saying that our offense is is kind of the Fritz style with the Munkin mentality, and I, I think that just you know sums it up perfectly. That um, obviously with those uh, those flex one option guys uh, under the Paul Johnson tree. I watched the uh, South Florida um, Georgia Tech game over the weekend. Georgia Tech dropped that game, but I think in the first half they went for it on fourth down like four times. <laughs> so n- n- never afraid to go for it, and, and Munkin certainly had that um so i i thought i thought that tweet summed it up perfectly that you you have the the fritz style of play but uh with the with the monk in uh risk taking yep yep i i completely agree with that statement that's a, that's a perfectly way a perfectly good way to describe um i think this offensive uh, style and mindset that we have for this 2018 team <laughs> All right, so now let's turn our focus to the Clemson Tigers. They're probably going to be the number two team in the nation. Um, you know, uh, we are recording this before the polls come out. Uh, perhaps they drop to number three um, if Georgia jumps them with with that impressive win against South Carolina. Um, but uh, probably staying at two. They uh, pulled out a squeaker. Uh, you know, it was one that that some people thought they might um, end up dropping um, in an upset at Texas A&M SEC school and uh, won that game 28 to 26. Uh, you know, in, in the end of the game, the last four minutes uh, were wild, Cody. Uh, they, they, you know, kind of ended in, in controversy. Uh, you had uh, about four minutes in, uh, A&M is going down. Um, they mount a drive. They look to almost score a touchdown. They fumbled the ball. Um, to me, it looked like the ball was out of bounds. It was ruled uh fumbling out of the end zone for a touchback. They reviewed the the call and and the place uh, stood. Um, So uh, became a touchback. Clemson got the ball. A&M ended up getting the ball back, um, coming down, uh, scoring, um, you know, making it a two-point game, and then threw an interception um, on the two-point conversion, and then Clemson sealed it. So um, you know, a wild, wild finish there. What what did you kind of see out of that game? It was it was definitely a hard fought game for both teams. Um, I think if we were to ask, you know, what kind of week we would want Clemson to have prior to playing us, I think that's the game we would want them to have. We want them to to have an emotional victory, a hard fought victory, and maybe have them come in here and be a little bit fatigued, a little bit beat up, or a little bit you know, just dragging a little bit, not really looking at us as an opponent that they really respect or a opponent that they really get up for to, to play. So, you know, I was looking at it, um, kind of watching a little bit of that game last night. Like you said, the end of that game was, was pretty crazy, drama-filled, um, especially if you saw how the way that Jimbo Fisher was, was chewing out those referees after that, that um play that you mentioned with the ball going out of the end zone we'll see what happens um i expect us to fully give them our best game next week this clemson tigers team will give us the the biggest headaches as far as trying to figure out where their weaknesses and where their holes at to exploit because they're they're really a fantastic team um their front four is 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 phenomenal so you know they could say that they're the best front four in all of college football so it'll definitely be a test for us coming up on saturday yeah, and I mean, looking at that front four, like you said, um, you know, some people say this is a NFL defensive line. I mean, all, all four of these guys will probably play on Sundays. Um, they they are just stacked. Um, so, you know, how how do we, um, you know, prepare for that, Cody? I mean, with with this offense, especially if we don't have you know all the playbook installed, or you know, do do we open it up a little bit more? They they haven't faced 
a, a, an offense like ours. I mean, A and M runs a little bit of option. Uh, you know, Furman is more pass heavy. Um, that was their first game. So, uh, what what do we kind of do to to throw this uh, this massive defensive line a, a little off and and be able to kind of create space and and get the ball to our playmakers? Well, I think we had to get it to the outside. You know to kind of take them out of the ball game. Now, that, of course, that means you have to go up against their linebackers and their secondary, but I think that's kind of the first way that you do or go about it is you try to get it out, like you said, in space, get it to the perimeter, get it to the outside quickly, and really eliminate their defensive line to, to where they don't really have a control of the game at that point and, and get them to, to think or to react, think that they need to go sideways instead of up, and then maybe we can try to go up the middle against this team. But... This is going to be a test. This is not going to be easy. There's a reason why they're the number two team. I think this team has been in the playoff for, what, three straight years? Um, Obviously, with two of those being in the national championship games and them winning the national championship in one of those years. So this is going to be a difficult test. Um, As of right now, it'll be in Clemson. So it's like this is is going to be the hardest game that we have all season, without a doubt. And hopefully, if anything, this gets us prepared for conference play that we have two weeks after. And that, you know, the main thing is we just get out of there with nobody hurt and that we um, are prepared for when Arkansas State comes to uh, Paulson Stadium. Yeah, you mentioned how, like, this this might be the perfect scenario of, of when to get a Clemson team. I was thinking a lot about it when I was watching, you know, college game day and, and some people were picking A&M to, to upset them. And I was thinking, is is that something we would want? You know, would we want Clemson to come off of a loss, um, you know, still – uh, still a ranked team, you know. Maybe they, uh, you know, drop to nine or ten, maybe out of the top ten, um, you know, depending on how bad that loss is. But um, with them coming back to Death Valley, they're going to be uh, seeing red, you know, uh, smelling blood. So maybe they just go and and take out all their frustration on us in a situation like that, um, or. You know, we, we talk all the time, uh, you know, you hear about teams uh, from the group of five maybe sneaking up on some bigger opponents. You had App State giving uh, Penn State all, all, you know, all they could handle in, in the first game, taking it to overtime. And with, uh, you know, and, and you, you had uh, even Georgia Southern a few years ago uh, doing that uh, late in the season against Georgia. Um, and then, of course, last year we opened the year against Auburn, obviously two very different teams and that that Georgia Southern team that played Georgia to, to Auburn but Auburn had time to prepare for us so you know they they had several weeks to look at tape and all that and we weren't able to kind of slip in there you know and, and maybe take them off guard and surprise them but um, you know it, it, it seems like if if there was a time and a, and a scenario where we would have a shot um, it, it seems like this would be it yeah I think so it's just going to be very difficult you know this this Clemson team, the last couple of years that they played Tech, seemed to really play Tech pretty well as far as shutting down their option scheme. So they definitely seem to have a game plan as far as how to stop or how to control an option team. We'll see how DeBest and Lunsford go about trying to come up with a game plan to uh, counter that and really use our skill set and our um, athletes to to you know surprise them and give them a, a closer and tougher game than what people are really expecting this week. So... You know, we'll just have to wait and see as far as what happens in this game. But it's definitely going to be uh, the toughest test that, that we'll see all season for sure. And talk about that Georgia Tech team, uh, Clemson actually follows our game with Georgia Tech. So, so maybe that's a disadvantage to them. Obviously, uh, they run more under center option. But, uh, you know, Clemson will be 
uh, really used to, you know, uh, playing playing the pitch and then, you know, balls to the outside and things like that um, after playing us, well, you know, when they're when they go in uh, to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech. So definitely uh, you know, excited about the game, Cody. I, you know, finally, let's talk about those Clemson quarterbacks. Um, you know, they are running, a, you know, had a little bit of a quarterback controversy. You know, they're doing a two quarterback system right now and you've got. Uh, two ends of the spectrum. You got a senior and Kelly Bryant. He uh, uh, played last year. Um, he's more of a dual threat guy. And then you got a freshman uh, phenom and Trevor Lawrence uh, from Cartersville, Georgia, um, highly recruited kid. So um, and, you know he, he he came in and and looked really good against A and M and and even the in the first week against Furman. So just kind of tell me about these quarterbacks and, and do you think they'll stay with the two quarterback system or do you think we'll see you know a lot more of, of one guy over the other? So, yeah, Matt, I think they're going to keep with this two-quarterback system uh, for this game. You know, Kelly Bryant's pretty good. He came on last year and and played really, really well. Um, Fell up short to Alabama in the playoff. But we'll see both of them. I expect that Kelly Bryant will probably be their number one quarterback for all the se- for the entire season the you said it was Trevor Lawrence the the freshman quarterback I believe he was depending on what ranking system that you looked at he was either the number one or number two quarterback in all of the nation it was either him or Justin Fields that they had one or two so he's definitely going to be their quarterback for the future and uh, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be tough when he comes in there. He's going to probably, you know, he's going to sling it around. You know, again, it, this is going to be a tough test for our defense. Um, I know that we've spent quite a few minutes here talking about how how difficult this game's going to be for our offense, but it's not going to be any easier for our defense. So they're going to have to step up, and they're going to have to try to get a rush or, or pressure on these quarterbacks. And then, you know, like we said, it's going to have to come down to trying to see if we can stop their run game and then control them or try to control their passing game as much as possible. Yeah, so against A&M, uh, Kelly Bryant had uh, 205 yards, uh, 12 of 17 for a touchdown, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, really efficient, 5 for 9, uh, 93 yards and a touchdown. So um, interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know how how they mix in those two quarterbacks and and how our uh, you know highly touted secondary kind of kind of handles their uh, their passing attack. Yeah, definitely. It may be one of those things to where you know you know if our defense may have to keep us in this game if we want to have a chance to win it. If we can hold them down to to not really scoring or not really putting up a lot of points and kind of keep us in the game, maybe our offense can wear down their defense and and you know see what happens you know if the game's close in the fourth quarter we can't ask for nothing more than that you know give us a chance to win and um you know maybe we'll pull out a shocker and speaking of that i mean uh, a, a way to do that and then it's you know the, the the chances of it um you know it's uh not not great but let, let's talk about the wild card in in this this whole picture and that's hurricane florence um, you know, you have you have a hurricane headed straight towards uh, South Carolina. I believe they've already declared a state of emergency there. Um, so there's uh, there's some concern that this game might not even happen. Um, obviously, as as the week goes on, um, you know, we'll, uh, the picture will become more clear. Obviously, uh, you know, I know all too well living in Central Florida, uh, these things can change. Uh, you know, within within the matter of minutes, you know, th- things can shift, and uh, you, you think you're going to be in the eye of the storm, and then you know it, it completely goes off course so we'll just kind of have to wait and see uh of, of uh, you know what what happens there but i mean cody what's what do you think the probability is that that this game uh does in fact happen um and you know for the very small uh chance that it uh doesn't happen in clemson um that you know doesn't move to statesboro oh one could hope <laughs> um yeah i mean 
depending on where the hurricane goes, uh, will obviously depend on if if we actually play this football game or not. Um, I think if you see a kind of a direct impact up through South Carolina, I doubt we see this game get played. Um, but if it goes more north, um, maybe North Carolina, or maybe it turns all back together, who knows? Then then we'll see this game play. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, it hasn't it isn't like it hasn't been in our history to play during a, a you know tropical storm. All we have to do is go back to the, the the Hugo Bowl that we had here. So it's not like we haven't had our history of playing in in major downpours uh, before. So we'll see what happens. Does it come to Statesboro? That'd be great. Do I think there's a any legitimate shot Never that it does? Happen. I I don't think Never so. I don't think it will. If it does then I will tip my cap to, to TK and the athletic department for making that happen and getting it down here, but I don't I don't think it I don't think it will. Um, but it, it would be it would be nice to see Clemson come down here and play us as a, as an alternate or as a way to not cancel the game and uh, and get that game in. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it'll all depend on what happens with this hurricane where it hits. I see the game either being played there or not getting played at all. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I, I think I think there's. Uh, maybe a, a point zero 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 one chance of it of it being uh, played in Statesboro, so um, or or really anywhere else, like you said, um, for that matter. I don't think you move a game like this uh, to Atlanta or or you know somewhere like that. Um, you know, if it was uh, if it was a game against you know a Power Five team, maybe. Um, the other interesting uh, piece of this is the payout. Um, you know, when when Group of Five schools and FCS schools and uh, teams like that go uh, to play these these big boys. You know they they get payouts. Uh, in 2015, the Savannah Morning News had a report that we would be receiving uh, 1.1 million dollars. Um, you know to to go uh, there to South Carolina to play Clemson. So I'm not sure if if that contract has has changed at all since then. Um, but that that's the number that I saw. So uh, if if the game doesn't happen, um, you know maybe there's uh, you know some weird clauses in the contract that we still get something or we reschedule, you know, for the same price, you know, a few years down the road. Um, but if, if it does get, in fact, get canceled and, and we lose out on that 1.1 million, I mean, that's, that's a significant story too, Cody. Definitely is. And it, it, that'll be a, a one to see how our athletic department handles that, um, to see if they're able to reschedule that game or if they're able to still make any payments or to see exactly how that contract's worded and, and what was agreed to and what was signed in regards to, to the payout, uh, for this football game. So, Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we get the game in, a good football game, we get through it, and then you know we come back here and prepare for uh, Arkansas State in a couple weeks. So, uh, but if that happens to be the storyline, and then we get in, you know, hopefully we don't get. Let's just say we hopefully we don't get in the same situation that happened between Miami and Arkansas State um, in regards to they had. You know, I think they even have to bring a lawsuit into it. Hopefully it doesn't get to that if the game gets canceled. And it'll hopefully all get worked out, but if it does, then that's going to be a big story, and 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 it'll be interesting to see how TK handles that in regards to you know how the fan base reacts to his handling of the situation, given everything else has happened in the past. The you know the storm is interesting, where like if if it is inclement weather, that could be interesting. If it's raining, does that play in our favor a little bit? I think it does. I think because we're more accustomed to, to running the ball, we have. I think we would definitely have more plays than they would at that point. Because because at that point they'll they'll turn into an option team with Kelly Bryant, where they'll just have him run the ball, have them give it to the the, the running back. Right. And I think our defense will be more suited than their defense would be. Yeah.
All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Um, again, we thank you for listening uh, to this episode and all the episodes and, and uh, be sure to spread the word and, um, you know, Hopefully, I mean, Cody and I can only wish that, you know, we'll, we'll come back uh, next week in, in our bye week where we'll look at the kind of the Sunbelt Conference as a whole and, and how things are stacking up and kind of like a little Sunbelt preview uh, before the Arkansas State game. Hopefully we go into that episode 3-0 uh, and um, with with uh, with what would be the biggest win in Georgia Southern football history. But uh, either way, um, you know, look, looking forward to that and uh, getting into that bye week healthy and, um, and then just kind of looking forward to uh, opening conference play against Arkansas State, Cody. Yeah, we can't wait to, to preview the Sun Belt. They seem to be, so far, the majority of the teams in our conference seem to be doing really, really well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how things line up and, and what happens in a couple of weeks when, uh, when conference play gets started. So that's Cody. I'm Matt. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll uh, see you next week. Hail Southern, Matt. Hail Southern. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, gotta and hail Southern. Uh-huh.